Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slam Fire Radio. This is episode 492 for February 2nd, 2023. I'm one of your hosts, Adriel. I'm another host, Kyle. I'm another host, Mo. And Kelly is uh, under the weather, under the weather today. Uh, she said to tell the listeners she doesn't hate them, but maybe yeah. that's, like, that's like, you know, one of those, actually she does, I don't know. No, she doesn't. She doesn't. <laughs> I can't. I can't. <laughs> Try it, guys. She Sorry. loves some and hates others. Yeah, I think that's figure, fair. They can figure it out yeah. themselves. Mm, that's a very <laughs> fair assessment. Yeah, yeah. I think. Thank you, Mo. Thank you for saving that. <laughs> but uh, why don't we get into uh, what we did in guns? So, uh, Mo, did you want to start us off? Sure. Uh, I went to another IPSC match on the weekend. It was at uh, the Utue range, which is near Gatineau. Um, six stages. Uh, I shot it early in the morning. I did okay. Not that great, but uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, and uh, then that was it. I didn't stick around too long. Um, then uh, I, what else did I do? I, wait, wait, wait. Uh, how'd you do? How'd, how'd, you, how'd you shoot the match? Oh, terribly. I was like closer to the bottom this time. So I had a lot of misses. I, I don't know. I, I just wasn't being patient and uh, trying to go too you, fast. And You yeah, weren't too, having fun. Yeah, I wasn't having fun. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, the missing wasn't fun. I could tell you that much. Um, so, yeah, so my scores weren't that great. So, um, But uh, next weekend's another match, so... <laughs> Get back on the horse, as they say. Um, I renewed my membership with the CCFR, so that's all done. I um, I'm moving in the beginning of March, and it we're all worked out that the house we're moving to is going to line up, so there's not going to be an intermediate location. So I through the website through the the, the farms program website. Um, I already did my ATT for the moving day and wow. it's pretty sweet that it lists all the, all the restricteds and like, you know, you just select all instead of like trying to put in all the serial numbers and all that stuff. So that was <laughs> good. Um, and I already did my change of address for effective that day. So that was also easy. So I have to say from, from that perspective, it was easy. It was easy to, to do. I was concerned so- about having an in like, temporarily being somewhere else for a week, then I'd have to figure things out. But I haven't tried doing the ATT online. How long did you have to wait from putting type? This in? one expected instantly. And then oh. previous ones, it was later that day or uh, like you really, you go on the website and it just says, you know, it shows that it's active and, uh, and then it shows you all the ones, the old ones that are no longer active. And uh, then you could print it off and, you know, it's it's there so i i found it very easy to hmm. to use versus filling out a the old system of filling out a sheet of paper and then 
scanning it and send an email and get in. So I thought it was easy. Um, some relieved that that's all going to happen. So that day I'll be able to move everything and should be pretty seamless. Um, does, does the new place have a gun room? It's going to, yeah, it has a, it has an area that's already like a nice workshop area where I'm going to put my bench. It's not necessarily enclosed, but I couldn't enclose a section of it. So I'm pretty excited about that. It's not going to be nowhere near your fancy room, Adriel. Nowhere near. It's uh, not going to have colors. There's not, there's not much fancy about this. <laughs> no, but <laughs> I am going to have. I can't use. <laughs> I'm even, um, I even have, uh, which I'm excited about. I even have, uh, it's in the basement, but I have a door, a back door to the house that leads to the basement. And uh, it's nice to be able to like, instead of bringing the guns and the cases through the, like the middle of the house to actually go around the back and, and move them in and out that way. So that, that's going to be, and even when I bring my safe, the, the big one, that it's going to be so much easier to, to get that in there than other places. Um, what else did I do? So I'm in a couple of, no, not this weekend, the next weekend, I'm going to be going to my outdoor range in Ontario. So, cause I'm going back for Super Bowl weekend and I'm finally going to get to do my ammo testing for the voodoo. So, uh, today I did some arts and crafts and I created myself a little, uh, Hopefully this will show. I created myself a little board. And then I've got, so I, I had mentioned that from Tessro, I ordered uh, four. Uh, so it's a, it was a PRS sampler pack. So it came with five different different types. Uh, so I got SK Long Range, SK Standard Plus, and then Elite Force and SK Rifle Match. So I set up the, uh, the shooting stickers for each one. Um, they, they also send me Lapua center X, but I did some research on the price and availability. I'm going to automatically rule that one out. <laughs> so that one, that one based on cost is being, is being bumped. I'm going to use it, but I'm not going to buy it as like, you know, potential match ammo. So then I was going to ask you guys, cause you guys are the experts on this stuff. So if I do, should I be doing 10 shot groups or 15 shot groups? Well, uh, how many you have 50 rounds of each a hundred rounds of each well i mean it's not if you can push that out to 100 and shoot 10 shot groups boy you're gonna get some good data okay so 10 shot groups and then i got five per i got five targets for obviously per per uh 50 rounds that would be 50 rounds burn like five per like per string uh not per string every time you change your ammo burn a couple into the berm just in case it uses like different yeah i was going to set up another target for all the cold the cold shots Mm -hmm. and just to get the so then you're saying for every every ammo change i should uh i should probably shoot five at the other target and then and then start yeah that might be reasonable yeah if you're crazy you might like clean the barrel in between but don't do that uh, I would just I would just shoot five <laughs> rounds into another into another target, but like those 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 ten round groups at hundred meters are going to give you way better data than you would get at like fifty or twenty five if you can, okay. yeah, because yeah. you're um, like a cheap some some of my cheap twenty two at fifty looks amazing, <laughs> but then you push it out a little bit further and it doesn't look as amazing as amazing anymore. Okay. yeah yeah so it's like a, a good quality twenty two ammo like makes its difference like a little bit further out. Uh, and that's what you want to like use it. this for, right? Sorry, you you want to use this for like further out, like hundred meter kind of a thing, or yeah. Yes, well, I'm gonna yeah, I plan yeah. on I'm gonna start off with the the um, 
the outlaw the outlaws but then i'm going to do the crps as well so which are obviously they go past they do go past 100 right and then if i get adventurous i'll do some of the other stuff uh they have like a hunter one that's i think for longer ranges too now or the uh, the x version um so yeah but just to get started it's going to be obviously 25 50 75 and 100 right so yeah yeah, Tony's saying watch out for cold weather, 10C or below. Yeah, the wax can can get weird when it gets cold. And so uh, we'll see, we'll like see, it. um, we'll see what it's like in two weekends because this weekend here locally it's gonna be like minus 40. So I'm not gonna be doing any ammo <laughs> testing in that weather, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then awesome. and then Richard made a good point too. I need a separate inch so the wife doesn't see the new purchases. But you can always <laughs> use the same case, and everything goes in and out of the same case, right? I think that's a pretty good system. Every once in a while, bring an empty box out of the house. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm mailing another one out, honey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another one's coming in. Yeah, I sold that. Mm-hmm. We well, yeah, saw that box last time, right? Just make sure she doesn't come in and see like every every rack space filled. Yeah, well, you're <laughs> you're kind of giving it away, yeah, for sure. Uh, and then I signed up for another match that'll be this weekend, uh, and that's really it for me. How about you, Cal? Uh, well, I got my uh, after sixty hours of printing, my upper <laughs> vice block finished printing, and uh, it needed a lot of modification to get it to work for. The modern sporter, I basically had to front cut off the entire front of it. It expand where uh, the rear locking lug goes, and then like this is where I was talking with the three eighths. I used three eighths stainless steel tubing for across, and then through the whole length, so it's got good side to side force. Um, I had it set up. I torqued the barrel onto the modern sporter, and worked really good because 35 foot pounds was not enough to line up the uh, lugs on the barrel nut for my tube for my gas tube and i i pretty much maxed it out at 80 to get it oh, lined yeah. up uh but it, but so, it lined up it did end up lining up but yeah i know you don't want to go any more than like 80 foot pounds on that and that's what it took to get it lined up just that little bit like it tightened up real fast yeah, either that oh. or a shim, but I hate using shims. I'd rather just yeah, that's fine. It'll do fine. Yeah. You could probably put oh, it yeah. to a hundred; it would be fine. <laughs> yeah, but you no, know, it works. I was I did have them set out to show, but we are on YouTube tonight, so uh, can't show them. So maybe I'll bring it out next week. And I did test it; it will still work for an AR upper. It's just not as not as nice as when it first came off the print. Cool. But, uh, then I was watching some videos and I thinking once I uh, finally get my move done, I'm thinking I'm actually going to do a custom pistol build or start doing a custom pistol build. I think I might try, try my hand at building a 2011. A 2011. So, yeah. Are you going to do like a barrel fit it, do the link, all that crazy stuff? Uh, I think I'll just basically buy stuff and do the final fitting kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I was looking at slides and it, I mean, knowing me, I, I can't do it cheap. So just the slide alone, like I'm not, I'm going to get the slide done, probably do a tri top and get the custom uh, serrations done in it. Um, 
but might do some lightning myself in it. But yeah, it's going to be expensive, this slide, for sure. <laughs> yep. But because I'm not just going with a basic slide. But yeah, so that's just looking, doing stuff. Uh, Richard's got a comment here. Found, I think you found the crossover point when additive 3D printing manufacturing should have been done with subtractive benchtop CNC. You need to make another purchase. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, but yeah. <laughs> buy, a, buy a block. <laughs> I could have done that, but surprisingly enough, it was faster to 3D print and modify that than ordering a block. So probably, yeah. And cheaper. And still fun. It's fun yeah. 3D printing stuff. Yeah, it is. Yep. But that's it for me. How about you, Adriel? Uh, I see those two oh, other side, two Carcanos up there. I yes. put really ugly uh, front sights on them <laughs> using some uh, JB Weld putty. So uh -huh. um, reason being, I can just knock that JB Weld off af afterwards. So I built them nice and big. So I got some meat to file at them. I'm going to file the sides to get them nice and sharp. And then I'm going to go to the range and I'm going to just keep filing that top sight until I finally got it on. Maybe I'll leave it extra tall so I can use the adjustable rear sight for differences in ammunition. Ooh, that's what I should do. Because I might run 139 grain bullets. I might run, maybe if I could find that horny stuff that's like the original, the 162 or 165, like big chonkers, like maybe I'll run those. So maybe I should keep it extra tall. Hmm. I mean, if I need to add some more, I can just put the putty on again, <laughs> I guess. But, uh, yeah, anyways, I did that. Um, this is the first time I've actually used this stuff. I've I've used lots of JB Weld, but the two-part like snotty stuff, this stuff is like very easy to form and it cures yeah. like really quick. Yeah, haven't uh, haven't tried it before, but liked it a lot. I've been working on getting uh Sunfire Radios and Hunting Gear guys uh videos on other platforms because uh <laughs> I think that uh I think they're going to get banned. So, uh, yeah, I've been, and that's the topic of today's, uh, today's main topic as well. But in addition to, uh, Utreon, I also put Slamfire Radio and uh, Hunting Your Guy on Odyssey and Rumble, um, moving videos over to Utreon, basically just putting them on all the platforms. Um, I created some posts, uh, for Hunting Your Guy and on Reddit and that kind of thing, encouraging people to use other platforms, not YouTube. Uh, I think like one of the big tasks that we have is to move uh, like people who watch a lot of gun video stuff, move them to the alternative platforms so that we can do the stuff that we want to do. And so that when YouTube eventually does ban some of the stuff, it's not like this slow boiled frog thing that we're doing right now where, yeah. uh, you know, oh, we can't assemble an AR. Oh, I can't show you this gun because we're streaming to this. Or I can't do that because we're doing this. It's I want. I want to, I want to do it all. I just want to do whatever I want to do. I don't want the yeah. restrictions. If it's legal, I should be able to do it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, one of the other things I've been, so, uh, Cajun Gunworks makes parts for the Jericho 941 and they, they've got, they've gotten even more. Now they've got like a pro package for it, uh, that you can buy. So I've been, I, I emailed them asking them their pro package is 300 us. 
uh, a little bit much to put on to a $450 Canadian uh, surplus Jericho. So I emailed them saying, okay, you know, if I had all the money in the world, sure, I'd buy that. But uh, do you have some, another recommendation? And then once once I get that recommendation, I might put an order in with uh, Wild West because they do imports of uh, of those things mm. in the country every once in a while. And they're five minutes from me. So uh, be very easy to get over there. And uh, yeah, that's about it. I've been looking at uh, looking at maybe heading out to the range here soon, but uh, mostly just putting up like meme guns, like that kind of stuff on the on the back wall, just to just to have. Yeah. Uh, let's get into upcoming events. Uh, what? Let's, oh, we do have an upcoming events here. February twenty first is the CCFR Ladies Day uh, shoot at Bullets and Broadheads in Grand Prairie. Runs from six to nine. Arrive at five forty five. It's eighty bucks per person. And that money goes to the Odyssey House Charity. What do you get for the $80 per person? To get a bunch of ammo to shoot and stuff? Uh, I don't know. I was taking it from their flyer that they posted. So uh, Okay. Probably get some stuff. Probably get some ammo uh, or yeah. food or something. Yeah. Maybe a goodie bag, so. some stickers, and well, here, a I'll... lollipop. And I could just keep making stuff up. Yeah, you could. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's not accurate. <laughs> yeah, event includes ammo, targets, and fire rentals. Cool. All right. So, so if you're uh, if you're listening and you're f- of the female persuasion, you want to go shoot someone else's guns and shoot their cool guns, go to uh, Bullets and Broadheads in Grand Prairie uh, on February 21st. And uh, if you're a male, uh, get your significant other, your uh, girlfriend, wife, uh, not a significant other, a sister, mother, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Take them out and uh, get them out shooting. The news uh, right now. Did you guys see the new My CFP that's come out? No, I didn't. Portal. Hmm. My, it's like it's a brand new portal uh, where you can get access to all your Canadian firearms program stuff as an individual. Uh, it, it does basically nothing though. <laughs> They're like more CFP services will be added to this uh, over the next several years. Uh, such as, uh, but for now you'll need to access them through the IWS, individual web services, business web services, police, public agency, web services, and the firearms reference table until that time. So it sounds like some big, like digitization, uh, effort they're, uh, they're doing, uh, services will also remain on paper and through our call center. <laughs> uh, if I can get, uh, well, no, I can't res- transfer restricted. Uh, why would he even call to the CFP right now? Well, you can transfer restricted. It's just not pistols. Yeah, a restricted rifle. Okay, like my AR. Like <laughs> <laughs> your AR, yes. <laughs> there are they are very few and far between, but there are still legal restricted firearms. <laughs> there are. I would never get one. I would ne- <laughs> like. I I was barely on board with getting a restricted AR just by the by the fact of it being restricted, and I couldn't take it out hunting and all that kind of stuff. And now, like, I'm definitely not on board. I would. Yeah, never- there's so there's so many of those Bren twos everywhere that people aren't buying the uh, eight inch, eleven inch. Like people aren't buying those ones because they don't want to go down that spend road. That right? amount of money, I want it mm. to be non restricted so I can hunt mm-hmm. pilots with it too. Mm-hmm. And like my MCR, well, not, I wouldn't hunt with it because it's got a big bad break on it. I have to take like ear pro or something, but, uh, my, maybe I would, maybe I would, maybe I will. I'm going to go hunt some coyotes here soon at my brother's place. So maybe I'll take that badass out there. There you go. Yeah. 
CCF legal fund donations. Uh, the legal challenge date has been set April 11th to 20th. Coming up quick. Coming up quick here. It it's is, going to yeah. be the 2023 CCFR versus Canada. Uh, well, Alberta is going to be joining the CCFR to uh, Alberta. You know, it out with Canada. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, help them out because it's going to be an expensive uh, lawsuit. Uh, send an EMT to finance at firearms firearmrights.ca and help them out with that. I've been seeing a lot, like Tracy Wilson's been posting a lot of uh, the donations from the various clubs across Canada. So people are really stepping up. It's nice to see some really Actually, generous I, ones too. I was going to say, I saw one uh, Ipsic Alberta did 2000. That's right. Yes. Oh, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Excellent. Fantastic. All right. Why don't we get into new gun stuff? New gun stuff is brought to you by Bullseye. Need a new boomstick? Bullseye North is Canada's shooting superstore and a proud supporter of the CCFR. The wide selection of guns and top trending gear for any shooter. Uh, they got free shipping over 200 bucks. Some exclusions ap- apply, like you can't get a bunch of heavy ammo or, I don't know, uh, spears or other like weird stuff. Spears. But uh, the regular stuff, over 200 bucks and you get free shipping. Subscribe to the newsletter to get uh, free a- first access to the hottest deals. And uh, speaking of hottest deals, why don't I present that screen? Here are their hottest deals from this week. Uh, They've got Ear ear and Eye Pro, 25% off. Apparel, 30% off. Storage, 10% off. Rambo, 20% off. That's like electric bikes and that kind of thing. Mm, And uh, and whatnot. So that's uh, that's all on sale at, uh, at Bullseye. I'm still very curious about using an e-bike for hunting. Glide. If you're on flat ground and, and how they got, yeah, I could, I could see it. Oh, they got some power. They got some power. They yeah. can climb. They're not like a dirt yeah. bike, but if you've got like okay, so bigger, mm-hmm. more open ground, I should say then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's not too much snow. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like early on, early, imagine just oh. like silently gliding to your hunting spot. That would be wild. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'd be not for sweating. It, yeah. Not not like hot and like your socks are are wet from sweat from from the hike out and all that kind of sliding stuff. through the woods sounds so nice. <laughs> the woods. See a deer, you're gonna shoot it from oh. your e bike. Oh well, I could I could see doing it down in New Mexico in the desert. Hook up a trailer to the back of that thing, throw your tent, everything in that, just ride into your camp spot. Oh yeah, nice and quiet, silent. Silent. Uh, let's take a look at some guns here. First, I have the WTF gun. Interesting. <laughs> what is this thing? Okay. I uh, think. Go ahead. I'm just trying to figure it out. <laughs> that front sight is very specific. That front sight is the same thing they have on the Plinkster and on the, what's the, clo- what's the other off brand of the Plinkster? That's the same thing. Uh, I can't remember what it, what it is, but that's a semi. This is the bolt version. I think that's what it is for the podcast listeners. We're talking about the Citadel tracker bolt action rifle. 22 comes with two 10 round mags. There's a couple of stores that are stocking them. SFRC international shooting supplies, Canada's gun store and Eagles firearms. Uh, yeah, it's a bolt action. Hmm. It's gotta be though. Uh, they're made, I think these are made by CBC in Brazil. Yeah. I'm guessing, I'm, I'm guessing based off of the front site. I see that front site yeah. and I'm like, that's CBC in Brazil, but I might that be wrong. front site is so tall. Yeah. Well, and, and their rear site, that rear site matches the, uh, 
matches the the blazer. You know, Mossberg. It's not the Mossberg blaze. It's the Plinkster, right? And just the twenty-two Plinkster. Yeah, I think. Uh huh. Uh huh. Here, look at this. There's the front sight on the Plinkster. Oh, okay. Uh huh. Uh, yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. I knew I saw that site somewhere. Anyways, here's that. Those are new in, in in country. I should probably have found the price for those. Uh, North Pro Sports. They have a demo display. Uh, scratch and dent sale on now. Scratch um, and dent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they've got a bunch of demo demo rifles and that kind of thing. They have a demo Charles Daly uh, 101 20 gauge. This is a checkered walnut one, and it's 137. They have a Savage Axis on sale. They've got a Mauser air rifle on sale there. Browning AB3 and a bunch of other stuff that's on uh, for fairly good discounts, you know. Get something, something that uh, you know, maybe like a hundred people like ran the bolt on it or something like that, and some of these are like four hundred dollars cheaper. So, check that out at uh, North Pro Sports. Were those, those used socks? Oh, I didn't see the socks. <laughs> I hope they are <laughs> uh, used socks. Yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't specify, so I'm going to assume that since it's in the scratch and dent, well, you can't scratch or dent socks. So yeah, they okay. must be pre-worn. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Doesn't say that they are, but we'll suspect them for that. All right. <laughs> the next one, uh, Delask has the tough uh, 22 TD pictures uh, that they've uh, got. These are the, so they had the tough 22. That's the one that t- like takes those special mags that uh, that are extendo mags. They're now making a takedown model uh, that's mm. uh, that's coming in. So uh, a couple of features on the Delask one. They they do their own rail, so they've got like a different rail setup. It's not like a molded in or anything like that. Does it take down? And it does take the the weird like tough twenty two mags that uh, are extendos, and it also takes the regular Ruger mags as well. Good to see. And I think I think that's all my yes, that is all my guns, new, new gun stuff. Very nice, cool. Why don't we get on to the main topic? Hello, everyone. Welcome to our main topic. Today, we have Edward, the CEO of Utreon. Edward, welcome to the show. Pleasure to be here. Uh, so maybe just uh, give the, our listeners and, and viewers uh, who are watching this streaming live uh, just a little bit of background about yourself and uh, why you started Utreon. Yeah, so I've been uh, uh, an engineer and also running uh, companies for uh, a long time, uh, let's say for the last 15 years. And uh, a few years ago, I, you know, with all the problems with YouTube, I've been sort of getting the idea of, you know, there needs to be some sort of an alternative because, uh, you know, the first there was the adpocalypse in 2016 and, and more and more uh, sort of shenanigans with the algorithm and all this stuff. And um, at some point, me and my, uh, my best friend, Sean, we, we decided to actually start a competitor. Um, the concept is a little different. We're approaching it a little differently, which is, um, you know, Utreon is a subscription platform that does video. So instead of thinking our, of ourselves as directly competing with YouTube, which is very difficult because of all the network effects with, with YouTube, meaning everybody's there, so everybody wants to be there. And so it's very hard to take them on directly. Um, we actually were, were focusing on the the subscriptions. So uh, actually being a Patreon competitor. Um, and the interesting thing with that is that, uh, well, two things. One, you know, Patreon came to prominence in 2016 because YouTube shot itself in the foot. Um, 
but they weren't built for video. So the video capabilities of Patreon are very limited. Uh, the second mm -hmm. interesting thing is that Patreon doesn't really have any network effects uh, other than generic brand recognition, but um, in terms of having a moat, but it doesn't have network effects, meaning you know, it's bring your own customer, meaning bring your own subscribers or viewers to become subscribers. Um, but you know, just because one creator brings people over to their Patreon doesn't help another creator. Um, whereas with what we built, so first of all, we're 10 times better than Patreon for, uh, for YouTubers because we're actually built for video. Um, and the second thing is because it's a video platform as well, you actually come on and you notice other creators that you recognize. And so you'll subscribe to multiple things. And that, that's basically how network effect works, uh, network effects work. So yeah, that, that's, you know, what we're building is this subscription platform slash video platform hybrid. Um, another difference with, with YouTube is um, YouTube is sort of, we see it as the Dropbox of video for the internet. Um, they have open sign up for new channels. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas for us, it's an application process. So um, you know, we're focusing on channels that are coming on that want to become financially independent from YouTube, but also recognizing that everybody has to be on YouTube to get all the initial discovery. So, um, so that's the approach we've been taking. And uh, yeah, we built a really nice platform. Uh, we started in 2019, late 2019, and uh, it's been a little over uh, three years now. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, um, I heard of Utreon maybe like a year or two ago. Uh, and just more recently, it came back on my radar because uh, Ian from Forgotten Weapons uh, mentioned it on YouTube and uh, and mentioned, you know, some of the plight of uh, of, of gun owners and, and gun YouTubers right now uh, in some of the additional restrictions that YouTube's placing on. So right now, like if we stream to YouTube, we can't handle any guns. We can't. We can't do a lot of things. We couldn't like. We couldn't go to a shooting match and like live stream it or something like that, which might be kind of neat. Actually, I, th I think that would be yeah. neat to go to like a, a big event and like stream like stream your stage run or something like that. That'd be kind of cool. But can't do it on YouTube. Not uh, not something you're allowed to do. Reloading uh, is manufacturing ammo. Not can't do that. Can't show like some types of assembly firearms assembly. So um, it, the restrictions are coming on. If Everyone actually followed the community guidelines that YouTube has. Uh, there wouldn't be any firearms channels because one of the things they have on there is they're not allowed to promote the sale of uh, uh, regulated items and firearms are regulated items. So if I said like, oh yeah, I bought a rifle from Cabela's yesterday, Oop. facilitating the sale of a regulated item there, Adriel. <laughs> and I might have my, my channel banned because of it. So, I, I'm I'm just I, I'm I'm just waiting it out. I, I assume at some point they're just going to ban uh, my channel and uh, Forgotten Weapons channel and everyone's channel, really, because uh, it's it's only a matter of time, right? Yeah, it, uh, it's uh, sort of the low posted speed limit uh, principle, which is you know make make it ten miles an hour, ten kilometers an hour, and you know everybody's potentially a criminal, and uh, you know then the police can just stop whoever they want. Well, YouTube has the same system essentially. Yeah, yeah. And right now they're kind of randomly choosing who gets who gets the ban hammer and who doesn't, or which community thing they're gonna apply, or who gets nailed. So it's it's a a matter of uh, self preservation to make sure that your your videos are backed up on another service and that you move your viewers to another service as well. Because uh, having all these viewers on YouTube is great, but it doesn't matter if if your channel's gone, they they're they're not going to know where to find you. So I think it's important to move move viewers to these 
uh, alternative video services like the Utron as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, there's um, so th there's a really good a. Uh, I don't know if you guys are car guys, but um, there's a really good car channel called uh, VinWiki, and um, Ed Bullion, who's the host of VinWiki, he makes the point that you know when you're buying a car, there's you know there's the title of the car, there's physical possession of the car, and then there's the money for the deal. And at no point do you want one party to hold all three because then, you know, the other party is really at the mercy of, of, of the other. Um, and, you know, the same analogy kind of applies to, to YouTubers because, you know, YouTube has all of your discovery, meaning new people coming in and finding you. That's good. That's what YouTube is there to provide. Um, but they also have all of your relationships. So you don't know the email addresses and you have no re real way of, properly communicating with all of the people that subscribe, meaning follow, um, or are supporting your show or viewing it through YouTube. Uh, and then finally, they also control all of your revenue. So if you're depending on ads um, or you're using the membership system, um, you know, basically YouTube controls all three. So it's kind of break. It's like within this analogy, you know, YouTube is really holding everybody over a barrel. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's, that's where we come in, you know, our point is not close your YouTube. That would be nuts. Keep your YouTube. And in fact, use your Utreon not only to solve the financial aspect because you uh, become less dependent on YouTube or even independent from YouTube financially. Um, and you have access to your relationships because you know who subscribed to you on Utreon and you can actually contact them and have their email addresses if they're subscribed. Um, it also provides a release valve, which means uh, you can show the too hot for YouTube uh, content on your Utreon, and that helps you actually preserve your YouTube channel. So, you know, there's a lot of reasons why this makes ever, you know, more and more sense every day. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of, um, you know, the the content that we do and, and potentially what we could do to uh, put some of that too hot. I think it's too hot to handle, <laughs> too hot for YouTube. Yeah. Uh, can we do anything that's too hot for YouTube? <laughs> oh, I think potentially yeah. we could, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Well, pretty yeah, soon, yeah. if you uh, scotch tape a pencil to a to a rifle, that'll be too hot for YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of one of the live streams I did at some point was like assembling an AR-15 uh, in like in in an hour, just like showing people how it, how it's done live, right? Um, because there's there's like some good videos on that um, online that are like well lit and that kind of thing, but showing it in real time is just a good idea of like it's easy. It's you know it's just like Lego. You're just you're just building the thing out, right? So I think that uh, yeah, there there is definitely some some potential there on the on the streaming side to uh, to give some interesting content, and on the on the funding model, I think the funding model um, offers something interesting because yeah, on 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 YouTube it's yeah at ad uh, supported, you need a lot of ads, you need a lot of views to make that worth it, and uh, you potentially have to like go for volume rather for than for quality. Uh, whereas on something like Patreon or, or Utreon, uh, you can do something that's higher quality that fewer people want, but they want it more. And, uh, and then the other thing is you don't have to, you don't have to be the slave to the sponsors and you don't have to be a slave to like, Oh, the ad, I'm going to get demonetized for this content. And, uh, therefore it's going to become worthless effort that, uh, that I'm putting forward here. That happens all yeah. the time on me, my YouTube channel. I, I, like it's it's completely random which which of my videos get demonetized or which ones don't. And if they get demonetized, it's like okay, well, I guess I guess I don't make any money off that one, right? 
Yeah, I like so every, every YouTuber is essentially a small business. And, you know, if YouTube's algorithm or demonetization means half the ad revenue is gone, like those are wild gyrations for a business. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's really just very disrupt, uh, disruptive. So, yeah, the, the model of being viewer supported is totally the model to go with. Yeah, yeah I think I agree because it, it will end up get, uh, giving better quality content because you're building quality content for them, not for sponsors or YouTube or whoever else. So um, maybe, uh, maybe tell us more about uh, the progress of, uh, of Utreon. What kind of features does it have? What are you working on next? And uh, what's, uh, what's the exciting stuff that's coming up? Yeah, so uh, first I'll go over sort of the, the platform and the different clients we have. We obviously have the website. Um, mm-hmm. We have an iOS app. We have an Android app. We have an Android TV app. Um, <clears throat> so we have all four of those different clients or ways you can consume the platform. Um, stuff that we have, we have actually, you know, uh, 2021, you know, we spent that year working on having the functionality on top of being a video platform, but having the functionality that Patreon had, um, and 2022, this past year, we really, um, started implementing a lot of features, uh, that go beyond what Patreon and sometimes, uh, YouTube have. So at this point we have, um, you know, for example, uh, if you have a playlist and you mark that as a show and you say, okay, here's my episode one, episode two, episode three, et cetera, um, we'll automatically turn that into a podcast feed. So everything automatically gets transcoded into an MP3 and your viewers or your followers or, or subscribers can actually um, add those podcast feeds to your, uh, to their uh, podcast player. Um we have. I didn't see that. That's amazing. So, like, I'm, I have another uh, show that I, that I do once in a while, and we had the same thing. People are asking, like, "Hey, can you make this into a podcast?" And I was like, "Ah, we don't really want to put the time in and that kind of thing." But you guys do that automatically. 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 <laughs> mm, that's a great idea. Yeah, that's the term of art. Um, yeah, so that's that's a really cool feature we added. A lot of the features we've been adding are are based on. Uh, creators actually giving us real feedback on what would actually be useful. So for example, uh, Ian is a very heavy user. Of, so he self-uploads. Uh, he doesn't sync his channel. Uh, and he likes early access to get subscribers on. And he makes heavy use of early access. So, uh, and if, you know, for, for those of you that know how Patreon works, so because Patreon doesn't, wasn't made for video, people have to use these weird workarounds. So they'll do an unlisted video on YouTube. They'll post the unlisted link on their Patreon. Then that link can actually get pirated because it's just a link. Um, and then they have to remember to go into YouTube and publish the video. So you have all these crazy workflows mm-hmm. because Patreon's not made for video. Or they'll make you pay for Vimeo to integrate with Patreon. Um, in our case, yeah, so we support video out of the box for subscribers. Um, so there's that. But also, you know, Ian said, I'd like to have a scheduler and make all this automatic. So we developed what is actually superior to anything Patreon or YouTube has. Um, you can take any video. You can say, okay, at this date, it goes to tier, let's say tier five plus. Um, and then at this date, that's the early access. And then at this date, it goes, let's say in five days, it goes to everybody. Or you could say it goes to tier one plus. So it's uh, a really flexible and powerful um, 
scheduling system that actually does everything on one platform instead of, you know, this mishmash workflow. How we do that mishmash workflow. That's uh, (laughs) (laughs) I I post the unlisted video to you. Everything you just said is, is exactly what we do for our Patreon subscribers when we get the uh, content for them. Yeah. Yeah, and um, another example would be uh, Othias from CN Arsenal. Um, mm-hmm. So we were developing the live feature. So we have Ultra Chats, which is like Super Chats, but we take 15% instead of 30%. Um, mm-hmm. And Othias was pointing out, you know, it's very difficult. You know, channels basically have to do these reciprocal deals. I'll go on your show and then they'll go on mine so that they can yeah, equally benefit financially. Um, and, uh, you know, it just becomes difficult because, you know, let's say one channel is 10 times bigger than the other one and, and all this stuff. Um, so he had this idea, what if he did a collaboration feature? And then, and also financially, like, let's say you, did, you made a deal, we're going to split the proceeds. So now you have to send, you know, you receive the money and then you're booking it and then you have to send it to the other person. And then for tax reporting, it's a nightmare. Um, mm-hmm. We just added a collaboration feature. So if two people had channels and they collaborated on one live stream, we actually let them set a revenue split. We split the revenue. Each one gets their split, and that's it. And awesome. the, the, the live stream shows on both channels. And, uh, yeah, again, another feature nobody has. So, yeah, we're, we're actually entering a sort of a phase of this where, you know, we're implementing features that really nobody has because it's all in one platform. Um, even, like, lifetime value. You can see in the comments if, you, if you're the owner or admin on a channel you know, next to the, next to the commenter, you can actually see the lifetime value. So, you know, you know, who are your top supporters? You can just tell right away. Whereas if you're using YouTube and Patreon together, you don't know if uh, Apple 24 is uh, waffles 56 on Patreon. Um, you know, right. you, you can't really keep track that way. So yeah, just like some really good functionality that nobody has. Yeah, we had uh, we well, we've had Ian and Othias on our show before, and uh, I remember with Othias they were talking about, you know, they did this uh, video series of their uh, machine World War One machine guns, I think this like fantastically produced series of, uh, of videos, um, and they I believe they sold access to those ones, and I, I bought access into that. Um, but he said they didn't sell that many like that, so like they're like we got to try some different ways to uh, to turn this stuff into. Uh, to monetize some of this content. That's interesting. Some of the stuff that you're mentioning there, collaborators, it's being able to see, like having it all integrated in, in, in one platform is pretty powerful because uh, like you said, there's no integration between Patreon and YouTube. You don't get to see that in chat, in live streaming and, uh, and see who's, uh, who's there. And even Why? just having them as, as separate uh, platforms, like we do, we do stuff on Patreon once in a while, but a lot, often it gets neglected because we're focusing on like we, we stream to a podcast, we do YouTube, we do all these other things. And a lot of times we like forget about uh, uh, our, our Patreon subscribers and, and forget to do special content for them. But if it was in our face, like it is with Utron, where it's easy to say like, oh, you know, uh, subscribers get early access to. So I, I saw that with some of my videos like, oh, it's super easy to just say subscribers get early access to to this video or that video and here's the schedule around it super super easy yeah and and um you know <laughs> let's keep going like youtube uh so it's funny uh Othias was pointing out so this was back in 2021 when you know mm-hmm. we were catching up with patreon he was saying okay well uh, patreon has a way to message for subscribers to message the creator so you guys need to have that so 
you know, we realized, okay, well, we can actually use the chat functionality that we originally built for the live streaming, um, because fundamentally that's what uh, live stream chat is. It's essentially a messaging feature. Um, and we realized why limit ourselves at, you know, user to creator, we can make it so that users can message each other, which is actually a feature that YouTube used to have. Um, today, if you want to contact someone on YouTube, you kind of have to put your email address in a comment like an animal. Um, whereas <laughs> they used to have a feature and it was kind of weird. It was like, uh, it was almost like you're writing an email on YouTube. Um, they had a feature to send messages to other people. And then a few years ago, they buried it. And then they said a few years after that, they said, well, nobody's using it. So we're going to remove it. Well, of course you guys buried it. Um, so <laughs> yeah, we have like actual, you know, two people subscribe to the same channel can message each other. Um, that's actually really useful. And it's a shame YouTube doesn't have it, but we have it. Interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, I never would have thought about that. All kinds of uh, all kinds of interesting features in there that uh, that I guess are are part of the reasons why like Ian Ian's uh, pushing you guys so hard is uh, a lot of that uh, a lot of that platform is is there and, and is pretty solid. Well, it's pretty cool when you know they have an idea like. Ian was saying, hey, there's these spam users and I'm, uh, you know, for example, he was deleting uh, a comment from a spammer um, mm -hmm. and he was saying, you know, you know, it would be useful if I could, um, you know, signal that this is spam instead of having to report and then delete. And so like literally in 45 minutes, we shipped a function to delete as spam and it'll simultaneously report the user as having spammed and delete the comments. So yeah, like for, for the people that are on Utreon and can actually see that their feedback is in, being implemented like extremely quickly, like there's a reason why everybody is saying this is the platform. That's, that's funny. Something so simple like that, that when you delete it, you can delete as spam. Why? That's just wild why other platforms don't do that. Well, there are... Um, they're very big and they're slow to do things. I, I mean, um, if you look at, at YouTube, you know, in 2012, Twitch started. So Twitch is a game streaming platform. And uh, everybody immediately thought, oh, you know, YouTube is going to copy that in five seconds and put Twitch out of business. But, you know, it turns out the first thing YouTube went for is let's buy Twitch. Um, and so they rang it up to YouTube and YouTube squashed the deal because they didn't want to risk the DOJ breaking up uh, Google over YouTube acquiring Twitch. Um, and Amazon scooped it up in 2014 for just under a billion dollars. Um, but it kind of shows you like how hard it is for these big platforms that have so much going on to actually even implement simple things or things that should be obvious. Um, you know, even, you know, when YouTube shot itself in the foot with the adpocalypse in 2016, and by the way, that was because uh, advertisers boycotted um, YouTube's ads because uh, their ads were being juxtaposed with content they didn't want to juxtapose with. But they weren't just boycotting uh, YouTube ads. They were boycotting AdSense. And for those of you that don't know, Google is not a search company. It's an advertising company. And so um, Google first thought it was a bluff. But all those advertisers went on for one month boycotting. It was costing billions of dollars. So what did they do? They just sacrificed YouTube, pulled the lever and said, okay, half of people demonetized so we can get past this. 
So, you know, there's a lot of structural reasons why, you know, problems happen with YouTube. And, you know, part of it is that they're owned by Google. Um, but, you know, so that happened and, and uh, that made Patreon a thing. Um, but, you know, YouTube responded with memberships where they take 30%, by the way, which is kind of excessive. Um, but it took them years to implement memberships. So, you know, just because these companies are big and, and, you know, we think of them as having so many resources, the truth is there's so many divisions in the company and they're all competing for those resources. Uh, not to mention all the tech companies are clustered together in California and they're all competing for the same people. Um, it's actually difficult for them to get things going. So I have a question. I don't mean to necessarily put on the spot or make it sound like attacking because you're talking that you take 15% of like the subscription fee. And I know like Twitch, they just got rid of their 70, 30 split where for their high end partners. And now everyone's 50, 50. And even I think YouTube is cutting that down. And so we're seeing these companies like Twitch is definitely successful. They had an explosion in users and creators on there. How long do you think Utron could stay just taking the 15% before you have to start taking what taking more of the share to keep it going and growing? So, um, so a few things. So, uh, we do 15% on the ultra chats. Um, so it's 15 versus the 30% for subscriptions. Uh, Patreon has, uh, three subscription tiers, um, 5% plus processing and processing is 2.9 plus 30 cents. Um, mm -hmm. 8%, which is the pro, um, sort of tier. And then they have a 12%. It's essentially made so that everybody goes for the 8%. Uh, we do 5% plus processing. Um, so we're, we're actually cheaper in that respect, uh, than Patreon. Um, but to, to answer your question, so um, if you look at YouTube, they're, they're, they're taking 30% for, um, for memberships. And, you know, they can justify it by, well, YouTube is where all the reach is, so it's good to have your memberships in one platform. You know, the problem is that from a business perspective, and if you're a channel, you're a business, it's kind of, again, breaking that rule where you're strategically risking, committing suicide almost because YouTube holds everything. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, the, another reason for that is there are the Dropbox of video for the internet. You know, there's 99% of the content plus on YouTube, nobody watches it. So, you know, we realized very early on, let's not be the Dropbox for a video for the internet. That's YouTube's role. We're going to be on an application only process basis, um, from the start. We're going to evaluate channels that apply for a few criteria, you know, quality, how seriously are, there are they taking their channel? Does it look like they actually want to build a business? Um, you know, do, does it look like they're actually going to be able to get subscribers? And, you know, where we see the market going is all these, all these platforms that are trying to compete with YouTube head on is, is just crazy. It doesn't make any sense. Um, but what we're doing, I think, will actually allow us to, um, in the first five years, um, our, our five-year plan basically from now is uh, take on Patreon and actually make a big dent there for video because we're, we're 10 times better if you're a YouTuber. Um, and once we're, we, we've actually done that because of the network effects, so for example, when we see subscriptions come in, we'll often see somebody subscribing to like five channels at once. And that's because, uh, let's say in the, in the gun niche, you know, there's a lot of content there that they recognize. So 
once we actually successfully compete with Patreon and all these niches, we actually become in some ways competitive with YouTube in a limited way within those niches uh, because there actually is a critical mass of content and overlapping audiences. So that's when you start getting network effects. So where we see the market going is it's kind of like with iOS and Android. Um, Android has 80% of the market. Um, iOS has 20% of the market, but iOS has 80% of the revenue and Android is, is 20%. And whether you look at so, uh, software or hardware, it's, it's the same distribution. So, you know, YouTube will always be the majority video platform for user generated content. Um, but the, the rumor of the niche we're going to carve out is actually being the premium platform um, that may have the smaller side of that content, but the vastly more profitable side because we're being actually picky about who comes on and we're putting way more effort. So, you know, if you look at a, uh, a YouTube channel, it kind of looks like, you know, what it looked like 10 years ago. If you look at a channel on Utreon, um, and we do this for the creators that are actually getting subscriptions, we'll actually give them what we call a pro layout. It actually makes their channel look like it's like a Netflix, you know, uh, show. Um, so like a really nice layout. So yeah, it lets us actually build a, a premium platform, which, you know, is a solid way of, of doing this. Whereas the people going ahead, uh, against YouTube head on, it just makes no sense. Yeah. Okay. And, and I'll, I'll add the final, uh, the final conclusion tying it back to the question, which is because we're not the Dropbox of video for the internet, we can charge less. No, I, that makes sense. And then keeping in mind that you're right now, you're not trying to go head to head with YouTube. Like you said, you're trying to, I guess, more or less take on Patreon and then see where the future lies. You're trying to complement the YouTube creators. Yeah. And, and, you know, if the unthinkable happens and they take out firearms completely on YouTube, like we're here and the channels that have, that will have, first of all, set themselves up proactively, they'll have their entire library um, and that will have push for subscriptions via Utreon. They'll actually have all of their core users that are, that are supporting the, the show, uh, their shows or, or whatever they're doing. And, um, you know, that's how people actually prepare for that because, you know, who knows, it could be six months, it could be 10 years. We really don't know. But, yeah. you know, it, it goes in one direction only. Yeah, I think um, I think probably what a lot of uh, gun YouTubers will just need to do is the really tame stuff can stay on YouTube, but then anything that you're doing that's interesting, whether you're doing like a breakdown or disassembly or showing how to clean a firearm or something like that, anything risky like that, you're gonna have to like a lot of a lot of people are they have like hundreds of videos of content. They have, oh, a uh, rule change now. You got to go through a hundred videos, five hundred videos, and back try to edit some stuff that you did like five years ago it's it's nuts and uh i think like moving forward it just makes more sense to be a little bit more restrictive on the content you put on youtube put the extra stuff somewhere else like utreon yeah it's very complimentary it, it helps you keep the the youtube channel which is useful for discovery and it helps you actually you know justify the subscriptions on on utreon to access that content mm -hmm. yeah something special Kyle, Mo, so, any other questions? I do. Um, yep. A little bit brighter of a question than I asked before, but uh, what are some question. of the new... Uh, are you guys working on any new features or functions that you can uh, spill the beans on that might be coming in the future? 
Yeah. So uh, right now we're, so everything we work on is prioritized based on uh, the channels that are coming on and, and what people are asking for. Um, so right now we have, uh, so we have subscriptions, obviously, uh, we realized when we were getting a lot of actually European channels, uh, in the fall that they wanted to be able to pay in euros. So we spent some time working on that. We have euro payments all implemented. Um, now we have some gaming or in-game developer channels that want, um, PayPal support. Uh, so we're working on adding that. Um, something, there was an interesting opportunity in, in the, uh, a couple months ago where uh, one of the channels we have that does a, an interview format had a, a French film director on. Uh, this film director had a movie playing in a couple uh, Parisian cinemas. Um, and he wanted to be, you know, they got the idea of launching the, the movie um, on Utreon for rental and, and sale. So we actually launched uh, two weeks ago. Uh, the movie, it's in French, but also with English subtitles. Uh, so we actually implemented an entire um, film uh, distribution system. So we can actually have independent films launching themselves on, on Utreon now, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, now we're working on on uh, Patreon. Um, we're working on the stuff we have in, in the next quarter, um, integrations. So making it so that if you post a video on Utreon, it'll you know, you link your, your Twitter and it'll automatically announce it on your Twitter. So, you know, even in the setup for this, uh, the tonight's stream, you know, you guys were, were looking at, okay, where can we announce that this is happening to let your audience know? Um, we can make all of that automatic and it should be automatic. So that's one of the next things we're working on. Um, and we also have, you know, back when we started, we actually had a really good concept for moderation. Um, we're, we're growing really quickly now. Um, December was 36%. Um, just, uh, January was 36% on the dot again. Nice. Um, so we're wow. growing really quickly now to the point where we have to take care of uh, moderation more. Um, the community is really good in terms of reporting stuff, but we need more um, more systems for that. So you know, you'll notice that on user profiles, uh, there's there's two values, and they've kind of been there from the start. There's approval and judgment, and everybody's judgment is set to zero for now. Um, so we're going to be implementing our moderate uh, our moderation system, where it's essentially uh, if you flag something, um, and enough people flag something, uh, it'll actually go to a jury. Uh, so random people, based on their judgment score, will be impaneled. Uh, they'll see the content, they'll see the rule, and it's up to them to say, is this actually breaking the rule? Um, if a jury decides that, no, it's not breaking the rule, um, the people that flagged will have um, uh, will lose judgment score, and that will affect the weight of their flag. So we <laughs> essentially, yeah, so the, the concept is sort of, it's interesting because um, it's actually training the users that want to help moderate to actually moderate in the direction of properly interpreting the rules. Um, and it also punishes misuse of the rules because if you maliciously flag something, um, you're going to lose judgment score and your, and your flag is going to have less weight. So you can kind of see how it's like a self-healing system. Um, and we actually think this will work at scale. Um, in fact, it's built to work at scale. Um, so, you know, instead of having like AIs and, and, and foreign workers or, or outsourcing, 
you know, people to look over stuff and, and decide whether it's breaking the rules, which is causing all the problems uh, at YouTube. Um, we're going to actually have a system that rewards people that um, properly moderate and uh, disincentivizes uh, people that improperly uh, moderate. Very that sounds cool. really interesting. Yeah, I like yeah. that. The, the squeaky wheel doesn't necessarily get yeah. the grease. Well, an opportunity <laughs> to self-govern. It's a big yeah, brother yeah. looking over the community just self-governs. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, and, what... if you, and if you disagree with the, with the jury, you can actually appeal and we'll do a higher jury with people that have more judgment score and eventually can actually go to the rules committee itself at Utreon. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a system actually built to promote proper moderation and make it positively self-defeating um, to mismoderate. Very cool. I mean, one of the advantages of not having all the tech debt that uh, YouTube or Twitch or any of these guys have is that um, you guys, the, you don't have to consider like a million like interconnected things like a lot of those behemoths have when they uh, when they try to add a feature. So for you guys, it's uh, it's it's easy sailing right now, right? Well, you know, in fairness to them, they grew so early and so fast that billions billions of people like what are you going to do like they, they have to use ai stuff and um mm -hmm. whereas you know we have the time to actually think about this so even if they wanted to change to something better you know it'd be so difficult to to move towards that whereas we can actually you know take a clean slate approach like if we were not accidentally building the world's biggest video platform um but trying to do it on purpose you know how would we design this <laughs> um, so, so yeah, there's a bit of a, an advantage there and, you know, it, it kind of touches to, you know, with Google, there's, uh, with YouTube, there's, there's actually three problems with YouTube. People sort of think it's just like censorship. It's, it's more complicated than that, obviously, but you know, there's three major things. There's, you know, one it's run by people that are in California. That, that's just where Silicon Valley is. And, and so yeah. you know, they have their political leanings. So uh, one really good example of that is um, uh, the Twitter CEO, uh, the previous CEO, obviously, um, and uh, uh, the lawyer for the top lawyer for for Twitter. They were on Joe Rogan's podcast a couple of years back, uh, and Tim, uh, with Tim Pool. And Tim Pool was sort of making the point uh, to the lawyer. He was saying, you know, your rules are framed like the premise of your rules is your political leanings so when we think you guys are you guys think you're being objective but we think you're being biased like we don't agree with even the definitions you're using when you're formulating your rules and she wasn't quite getting it like that her worldview is is baked into how she interprets stuff and how it was just unobjective um so so that's a really good example of that you know uh, in tech um, and, you know, that's certainly one of the reasons for what's happening um, at YouTube, for example. I'm, I'm sure, you know, people there are less likely to be, you know, 2A friendly. Um, another issue is, however, yeah, the, the, the enormous tech debt and the difficulty at that scale and having reached that scale so quickly and how hard it is to move after. So they have like, you know, AI that's that's moderating or they have, or they're outsourcing to people that maybe don't get nuance and context, right? Maybe they speak the language, but are you really going to get the slang? Are you really going to get the nuance? Probably not. Um, and, and you know, the, so 
there's various reasons why YouTube acts like it does. And then, and then the third actually is YouTube is owned by Google. So YouTube acts in ways that a video platform, you know, an independent YouTube wouldn't act that way. It doesn't make sense. But you understand now once it's owned by Google. So YouTube demonetizing half its creators, yeah, because AdSense was at risk. YouTube not being able to buy Twitch, yeah, because Google didn't want to get broken up. Like there's there's reasons imposed by just the ownership structure itself. Um, so yeah, those are the three key reasons why you know things go bad with go wrong with uh, YouTube uh, right now with the new rules. I'm sure like you know. It, Ian was telling me he he A B tests some videos sometimes. He'll do two versions of the video. One gets approved, one doesn't. Mm-hmm. Depends on who's looking at it. Totally. It totally mm-hmm. does because sometimes I'll upload something and it'll get uh restricted and then I'll dispute it and they'll be like, actually, no, not restricted. It's fine. And then sometimes it'll stay restricted. And I don't I don't know why. If you've basically never seen if you know absolutely nothing about guns and you see someone changing a magazine. Maybe we can understand why they think the gun is being modified, I guess. But we all know that's ridiculous. And that explains everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You've mentioned you made mention to a couple of things that you've you've said like the 2A community and it, uh, do you shoot Edward? Or do or do you just really know the industry well? Uh, so I I took my so I took my okay, you guys are Canadian, so you'll know. Um <laughs> <laughs> I took the uh, the course, and then I was mm-hmm. about to apply with the RCMP, and then COVID happened, and so I didn't. Um, however, I was able to go to the uh, Iraq Vet uh, event. Uh, Thais invited me down, and and um, yep. uh, Eric as well, and I was able to uh, to do some some shooting. And also, uh, I went to Vegas, and I took the uh, <laughs> I went to a range, and I took the D Day package, and it was uh, quite fun. <laughs> uh, so I'm an amateur. Like I, um, I, I, I like history, like World War II stuff. So I know all the you know guns that everybody knows from World War II. I'm, I'm, it, frankly, I'm a total novice, but uh, I'm a very, um, you know, I like the stuff. And you know, the only thing I realized going down to the states and seeing like you know, Matthias showed me his collection and stuff like that. The the one thing I realized is you know, I'm a car guy, and and it's an expensive hobby once you have a few cars and you know they all have to be insured and everything and i was it was just running through my head i was just it was just like clicking if i was in the states i would just be like buying like everything like because <laughs> 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 it's less expensive than a car it takes a lot less room oh my god <laughs> yeah. <laughs> again yeah it can be just as expensive, depending yeah. on how crazy you drove it. But, yeah. uh, it can, yes. <laughs> Coming from our own car guy, Mo. Yeah, but uh, uh, Kyle, Mo, any other questions? Uh, I'm good. No, awesome. I'm, I'm I'm rooting for you guys. I want to see it uh, keep growing, get bigger and bigger. Give us all a home to go to, just in case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Edward, uh, where where can people uh, find Utreon and and how how can they uh, get access to it? Yeah, utreon.com. Um we have we have actually we have a lot of uh, uh GunTuber channels and we're um we're, I I think we're going to become the place for it. Um and yeah, you could probably just, you know, hit search and try to see if there's people you recognize and and if not, tell them to come on because uh yeah, we really, you know, took the care to build the the best platform for it. So again, utron.com. 
Uh, we have the iOS app, we have the Android app, and uh, Android TV as well. And I'd uh, love to see you there. Awesome. Thanks for so much for coming on, and thanks so much for letting us uh, live stream to Utreon for this thing to really, like, uh, uh, dog food it. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, look forward to uh, getting more of our subscribers over to Utreon. Awesome. See everybody there. <laughs> okay. Thank see you. See you later. Thanks. And to Edward for coming on and letting us know all that stuff about Utreon. I learned a ton. And yeah, that same. podcast thing. That's yeah, cool. Love it. Yeah. Love it. I was actually just texting uh, uh, Ian Runkle saying like, hey, because like, like his content is long form content. It would be perfect mm. for a podcast. This yeah. would make it really easy, right? Just to yeah. uh, just to have yeah. that available in a podcast format. They got some good innovation. That's for sure. Yeah. Small yeah. company. You're able to like just make those changes like that, right? Someone comes up with a good idea. You're like, yeah, let's do that. And you can just do it. Let's go to listener feedback. Uh, we don't, well, we've been kind of hitting the stuff on, uh, on Facebook as we've been going along. No comments on Utreon yet. So uh, let's get on to the emails. Uh, Hefe, do you want to take this one from Josh? Sure. Hey guys, you already know I'm a fan of Gray Birch te- of the Gray Birch 1022 platform, and I've been shooting, reviewing, and testing them for years. Recently, due to par- recently due partially to the current political climate, strangling regulations, and general work attitudes of woke attitudes of the masses here in Canada, Gray Birch bugged out to the USA. They packed up business and their families and headed south to Florida. As I was scrolling YouTube tonight, I came across this video. And it looks as though Gray Birch is making an impression and gaining some market share. I must say it was somewhat unfortunate that 22 Plinkster didn't use the Gray Birch carbon fiber barrel, the receiver, and bolt along with the chassis that was shown. I have always felt this platform was closer to a match than a target gun as he describes in this video. Now I have to compare my groups at 100 yards with CCI standard and the full Gray Birch setup. I think I can beat what 22 Plankster does in the video. I'll keep you posted. Way to go, Gray Birch. Awesome. Thanks for that, Josh. I'm a little bit jelly of all you guys moving to the States. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. too. Yeah. All right. I'll take this next one from Spencer. Uh, Hey, Kyle. Sorry uh, that my news about New Mexico's proposed assault weapon ban a few weeks ago was such a bummer. Uh, The good news is that this is sure to be controversial in a Western state even one that's controlled by Democrats. And the fact that there's no grandfather clause will make it even harder for them to get passed. Uh, Even if it does pass, it's also going to be challenged in court long before it goes into effect next July. Several of the more prominent 2A groups have already taken similar new laws in Illinois and Michigan to court and at least gotten an injunction to prevent them from being enforced until they have their day in court. I don't expect the same to hold true in New Mexico. The mag limit may stick for now, though, although it looks like they did change it to 10 rounds in the actual bill. While it's pretty clear cut that it's an outright ban on common firearms, it's unconstitutional according to the recent Bruin decision by the Supreme Court. Mag limits haven't really been addressed in light of that decision yet. I've attached a link to the bill so you can see the text for yourself. Hopefully it will simply die and you won't have to deal with it at all. But we are fighting a renewed gun safety onslaught here and the gun control lobby is pushing back against recent court decisions with everything they have. Take care. And thanks for the great show, Spencer. Thank you. Thanks again for the update again, Spencer. (laughs) Yeah. 
I'll yeah, take awesome. the last one then. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, from Richard, dear Slamfire team, past and present. As an expat from the UK, firearms were not part of my life growing up. But back in 2015, I had my first experience of the shooting sports in California of all places, shooting clays with a customer on a business trip. This got me interested in shooting. And over the next few years, I did a number of intro shoots with friends at various clubs in Ontario until I got well and tr- truly hooked. In 2020, I took my PAL courses and received my shiny new license in early 2021 mid 2021 i came across this little canadian farms podcast called slam fire radio so downloaded all the back episodes and started listening on my drive to and from work learning about the positive aspects of the shooting sports here in canada some of the challenges that being a farms owner can entail as well as having a laugh at all the banter through sfr i heard about project maple seed and all the offer and all it offers new rifle shooters. So I took my first maple seed with Kelly in July 2021, just two months after purchasing my first 22 rifle, and took another crack in July 2022. Although I'm yet to patch, it was so close last time. This has been invaluable training, and I and I make sure to inform anyone that that will listen to me that they should consider it. So many people have no idea it exists. So true, and we'll do whatever I can to support this program behind the scenes and hopefully at the line in the future as it continues to educate shooters, young and old alike. SFR has also had a very healthy dose of IPSC talk since the very beginning, and this got me interested in learning more about taking a truly active role figuratively of literally in the handgun shooting sports. Uh, 2022 saw the purchase of a Shadow 2, uh, CZ Shadow 2, before time ran out. And I'm pleased to say this month, I completed my Black Badge course. Congratulations. My first shoot. No DQ, but definitely room for improvement. And I am now a fully-fledged member of IPSC Ontario and looking forward to more matches and continue learning that this what this sport will offer. Almost eight years after my own journey started, and I now find myself taking non non and newbie shooters to the range, paying it forward, and doing my small part to advocate and educate one smile at a time. To Trevor, Matthew, Owen, Kelly, Adriel, Dave, Mo, Kyle, and even Brian, I'll count him, even if it was just a fill-in. And of course, all the guests as the show approaches its 10th anniversary and 500th episode. I want to thank you all for the entertainment, information, and your steadfast promotion of the positive aspects of the Canadian shooting sports. I also want to thank you for helping facilitate my introduction to two shooting disciplines in my rifle marksmanship and IPSC. As a result, I would, I, which I will always be surrounded by the, by the fantastic people who make up Canada's PAL holders, even if it means I'm a little poorer for it. Regards and thank you. Very well said. Very awesome. Well said. Yeah. Great to hear. Uh, we did have one uh, person mail in about um, their uh, new Patreon supporter. And uh, to that listener, I've, I've got it in the mail. Uh, they, they mentioned that they met Trevor when they were uh, starting Ipsic in New Brunswick in 2019. And he often shoots with him at matches until they moved to Manitoba in 2021. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, now they're out in Manitoba shooting in there. So I've got that uh, on the way over to you. Uh, once a month, we'll uh, let people know what they bought from our Cabela's link. So we have an affiliate link uh, to Cabela's on the side of the slamfireradio.com website. If you use that link, you help the show. And we'll talk about uh, anonymously bring up your purchases once per month and uh, kind of figure out what's going on. So let's head on over to uh, YouTube. Uh, Kyle, do you want to read these? 
Sure. So these are all uh, in re- response to last week's episode. A few comments from Tony. Uh, says, maybe we can introduce, introduce a male SERP maple seed event, but the ammo cost would be quite high for everything except the Mosin and SKS. Goes on to say, nine ra- round magazine limit effectively means five round magazine limit for most firearms with a detachable magazine. That has a standard capacity of greater than 10 rounds. Basically, anything modernish. The biggest winner might be the 1911. Mm. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like nine round mags, that was just, that was silly. But Spencer then just corrected us and said that they went to 10. So nice. yeah. I, he says, I thought YouTube rules for magazines above 30 rounds, was it not? I thought it was 30 rounds or higher. And how, how how do they know whether like yeah. if we use a magazine, it looks like a thirty round mag. So, but it's not. Yeah, but it's not. But are they really going to watch? Are they really going to listen? Yeah. And uh, illegal Canadian caught uh, my slip up about the uh, mag fed lever gun. He said, "Wasn't the mag fed lever gun the POF tombstone?" And absolutely, that's exactly what it was. All right. Uh, Milserp maple seed. I'm all over it. I love them. I love shooting Milserps, like how they're supposed to be shot, like in action shooting and a maple seed would be a uh, challenging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have to move those yeah. targets in a little bit closer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 With some of the SKSs I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, K31 with diopter sights would be like, mm, mm, just perfect for that. Uh, but Barring that, like an M1 Garand would be great. Uh, yeah. The 303 Enfields would be great for it as well because you strictly you could do a mag change with them. Or you, I guess if you went to Millsurps, you'd have to say like stripper clip change or something like that, right? You wouldn't force. Yeah, that to, you'd have to change the times then, wouldn't you? You think you can uh, do a stripper clip load that fast? And it depends on the gun. You know, I can reload my. Like you'd have to be very strict. Yeah. I could reload my Enfield pretty quick. My Mosin, God no, those clips are way too tight. I'd never be able to put the the next. And you'd have to allow them to do like a five and five kind of a thing. You can't yeah. get them to do eights. But you could. Well, you, you could. could. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, we do that in Maple Seed already. If you take an SKS to to Maple Seed, I'm not going to make you do a two and eight. I'll make you. They'll do a five <laughs> and five because doing a two and eight just means three mag changes, yeah. three stripper clip changes, which is be yeah. completely silly. <laughs> yeah, hard enough already. But uh, good idea, Tony. Milserp event would be very nice. Milserp patch. What if you get a special patch for shooting uh, marks for for shooting riflemen with a Milserp rifle? Well, to do a clipazine patch. Mm. Mm. Hmm. 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 <laughs> Uh, we didn't really see anything on Instagram or Facebook uh, other than uh, the uh, Slamfire Radio memes person razzing me for my uh, my clearly crappy uh, JD <laughs> yeah, Weld on my front sites. <laughs> yeah. That's but, good uh, stuff. Yeah, he had a couple yeah, well, good ones there well this played, week. Well yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, if you'd like to help support the show, um, um, this might be changing soon, but uh, head on over to patreon.com slash Radio. And uh, new Patreon supporters should receive a patch in the mail if you haven't received one. Uh, keep in mind, I'm putting a patch in like a regular envelope, and I'm not supposed to. They might like dump those envelopes somewhere else. But everyone is, they've, they've, they've been mostly going through. So uh, if you don't get it, just let us know and I'll put another one in the mail. We'll try it again. 
if you'd like to help support us, go to patreon.com slash slamfire radio. Uh, shout outs. Any shout outs, guys? Mm. Recommendations? Go watch Forgotten Weapons on Utreon. Actually, I will do a shout out for all those guys who are on Thingiverse putting stuff like this AR upper block designs mm. up there because you can still find some gun related 3D prints on Thingiverse. So, as it gets rid more, of them, I've, I, that's no, where I got all my stuff from. No, no, I just, it's cool to see like a mainstream mm. site like that that has that stuff still there and, you know, it's not getting attacked. So, yeah. <laughs> Awesome, I've been I've been re enjoying a lot of uh, Ophias's YouTube videos from his like World War One series, where he does like all the all the rifles from World War One. Uh, they're fantastic. If you haven't watched C and Arsenal, that's C the letter and and then R and then Arsenal. <laughs> okay. Go check it out. His videos are very in depth and uh, and super like if if you like Mill Serps, you'll love his channel. And you probably have already seen it. He actually had a collaboration with. Do you guys remember the, um, what was the the Great War, the Great War YouTube series that they were doing in real time? I don't so like a hundred years after World War One, he he would do like this day a hundred years ago, this happened. No, that was the the hmm. whole premise of the YouTube hmm. series. It's fantastic. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um. And he did a collaboration with Athias on like some of the firearms uh, that uh, that were used there. So really great stuff. Uh, I'll stop rambling now. Check us out on Gunners of Canada. Uh, and all the other platforms we're on now, yeah. Patreon, and yeah, just we're everywhere. Uh, like us on Facebook, uh, join the CCFR, and we will see you next week. See you next week. Good night, Kelly. Good night. So, if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now, go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over. It's time to get a gun